Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. So this will record our voices as we speak. And I'm going to press the uh, theme the theme song and then I'll point at you when you need to talk Tim hello egg chasers welcome to the egg chasers rugby podcast the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously and all those mugs who decided to have the summer off of podcasting. Lazy. We're, we're here for you every single week. And it's a good job as well because what we've got loads to talk about on this latest episode. Although we do have to make it a little bit snappy because last week I was in the middle of a, um, I was in the middle of a, a domestic argument where JB was quite upset about not being able to watch Love Island. Oh, he's so angry. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've recorded it and sent it to The Guardian. By the way, that argument. Oh, really? Yeah, Good yeah. effort. Yeah. Good effort. Uh, JB, evening. Hello. And Phil. Hello, Tim. Loads to talk about on this. We've got World Cup Under-20s Championship. We've got Super Rugby. We've got Nations League World Rugby Plans. We've got pool draws. There's um, other big stories. What's the other? Uh, oh, I'll tell you what, what else we've got to talk There's one massive scandal in rugby this week we need to talk about. Oh. And I want to start there quickly. JB playing touch rugby. Oh, my word. I, I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> I liked it. I mean, uh, yeah. For, I liked uh, just briefly for people who haven't, uh, if you've just started listening, thank you very much. Very much appreciate it. Um, in previous episodes, and people who've been listening a while, you will know JB has lambasted touch rugby as pointless. Mm. You, sh- you, you should play netball instead. Hundred percent. I still agree with that. I still agree. With, uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm gonna say I loved it, but there again, I thought, do I love it in the same way that that prisoners like um, you know. Uh, basic goods like cigarettes because they've had nothing for so long and that's basically what happened yeah it was just so nice to have a ball back in my hands throwing it around we've got a couple of new players who look very very good um yeah brilliant but but it's not rugby that's what uh, you still it, maintain no, no, that no get this it was mixed touch woke like woke, it woke uh, woke af nice um yeah i was playing with one girl who played varsity for cambridge which is pretty cool that is cool. Yeah. So, um, yeah, um, a reason, a reasonable time was had by all. Good. So JB loves touch rugby. No, is, I don't. Is... I do not. Uh, no. Do you know what? It, like I say, it's a perfectly good warm-up game, but as a sport in its own right, r- ridiculously bad. All right. We'll get into the rugby that's been played. There's been a few stories knocking around. Mike Cat's going to be going to 
Ireland to coach after the Rugby World Cup. Interesting. Which will mean, as Phil pointed out on our WhatsApp group, which is absolutely spot on, all four England coaches from Rugby World Cup 2015 are going to be coaching in Ireland. It's because he did su- such a great job, right? Well, maybe not. But it's interesting how um, individually they seem to be doing at least okay, or certainly Stuart, Stuart Lancaster fall- and Andy Farrell are doing pretty well. Are they just falling well. into like really good situations? Possibly. Or possibly there was just the chemistry between them. I mean, I remember speaking at the time about the the kind of um, suggested fallout or difference of opinion between Farrell and Stuart Lancaster. Yeah. Um, I think it's probably something to do with that. Not not all. But like they do not all good the, individuals work they well as a great team. Players. They probably have the world's best scrum half, or one of the best uh, scrum halves. One of the best fly halves. Front row options to die for. I mean, you know, they're, they're in good situations. They are in good situations, definitely. So. Yeah, no, they, they, they had they had some pretty handy players in 2015, didn't they? They did actually. Yeah, they did. <laughs> well, no, they did and they didn't because a lot of those boys I thought in 2015 were basically one year past their sell by date. I'd say in 2015. 2015, yeah, it was a really young squad. Hang on, have I got the right one here? When in, fact, lost... in fact, there's a massive number of people that are going to be in this World Cup yeah. that Stuart Lancaster introduced Sorry, into the last what, one. Which team are we talking about? Are you talking about Ireland? Yeah. Oh, right. Oh, well, we're talking about the the coaches in Ireland, the players that they had in 2015. Oh, right. Sorry, I thought you were talking about Ireland. Not... No, okay, no, fine, no. Fine, fine, fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 2015 squad was was very, very young. Also not particularly good, so that's probably why they lost yeah, more than their age. Too much Brad Barrett, that's the problem, in not 2015. Enough. Yeah, not, not enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, so that is, that is quite interesting. And it also remains to be seen how Andy Farrell's going to cope becoming a head coach, because he's been a defensive coach for the longest time, I'm sure he knows other things as well. I think defence coach, out of all the coaching positions, is probably the easiest. I mean, you're just being really enthusiastic. Um, and that'll pretty much do Hurt, it. We're going to go into the Hurts Arena. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, being in charge of the whole shooting match, that's a bit more tricky. So that'll be really interesting to see well, how we get that's to That's post-World Cup. Um, as for the next generation of rugby players, they've been on show in the under-20s Rugby World Cup Championship. Cameron Redpath... Banned until uh, well, till the, basically till the start of the season. He's yeah, not gonna, he's not going to miss till, any rugby till the start of the World Cup. Till the start he, of the World Cup, he's definitely not going to be playing in any uh, World Cup uh, friendlies. Yeah, which, banned not, for not biting as well. It was a scumbag move. Yeah, it's not that's a great not, look. That's though. about the lowest you can. That's the what, biting. Wh- that, where does that rank in that gouging the worst? Sticking a finger up um, the bum. So. <laughs> Digit. Biting's not bad. I mean, for me, that's not bad. Dogs play against done for biting. Biting's not bad. (laughs) The worst of the worst by a country mile is gouging. Gouging, Gouging, yeah. I mean, like, I I think if you're caught gouging, I don't mean hand contact with the eyes, I mean gouging. Yeah. That's a life ban for me. Life ban. Um, Biting, eh, I mean, depends, really. I mean, I I don't know the context of the bite. I mean, there's a lot of people who've been, who've, Bitten fingers, for instance. I don't really care too much for that. You don't well, have your fingers in someone's mouth. There is a there's a clear difference between if someone's got their arm or hand in your face, or if you're being fish hooked. Yeah, yeah. There's a clear difference between that and then. I read the the summary, the kind of the exact summary of the judicial decision, and he said, "I've not actually seen the incident, the video of it, but he said there was a clear movement." 
by Cameron Redpath. He moved his head towards the player and then clamped down well, on, I, it, on his arm. I've only ever seen the good side of him, so um, you know it's complete, complete well, shock to me. The England under twenty side, yeah, the England under twenty side generally discipline was one of the big issues that cost him, massive, you know cost him really? any progression in the World Cup. Which France won for a second year running. That really surprises me. That because the way that these kids are brought up now, you know, playing the game, discipline's bloody important. It, uh, it's and, phenomenally important. Yeah, and yeah. It, it, it shocks me that they'd be in a, an academy or playing A-League or being in this professional, um, these professional environments where they do nothing but talk about error count and penalties and that sort of thing, and yet do something as stupid as that. So. Did, did you watch either of the Ireland or Wales games? Tim? No, I didn't. I, I saw brief highlights of the Wales-New Zealand game. Because the England, England against Ireland and England against Wales, so they won both those games... Uh, down to some very impressive skill, and one player who really stood out was um, Josh Hod- mm. Josh Hodge, who kicked phenomenally well and scored a couple of very nice tries. Newcastle winger, one to keep an eye on. Um, but the the penalty count they almost cost themselves the game in both games, particularly the first half against Ireland, where they just gave stupid penalty after stupid penalty around the rook area. And against Wales, and they conceded three rolling mall tries, which were brought on by giving away stupid penalties. So, discipline was really, really an issue for um, for the England team. Yeah, and you can map you, you map that onto the World Cup with the law variations, law changes, and different interpretation by different referees from different parts of the world. That's, yeah. I think, I think it could be it's definitely one to watch when you look ahead to the World Cup proper. It is, and when when Ireland have won their important games against New Zealand mm. in the past couple of years and when they've won the, the Six Nations in the past couple of years, their penalty count has been phenomenally low. Yeah. It, it's such an advantage if you can control your players and control the game. Uh, France won again, beat a good Australia team by a point in the final. Yeah. And uh, I can't remember the name of the guy that, that really stood out. There was So there's obviously oh, the guy's name? Jordan Joseph Lamarat. who stood out. No, was it? No. There was... Um, no. Arthur Von Sant, the captain and outside centre, and the Arthur f- Von Sant. Arthur Von Sant. Vincent. Yeah. What a name! That he's, is. he's their captain. He does look. He sounds class. cool. Um, he gave a good good interview actually afterwards as well. Does he look cool? Yeah, pretty cool, pretty French. But gave a good uh, English language interview afterwards. Uh. And the the number ten, Louis Carbonel. Carbonel, that's it. Who, it who yes. He, so his kicking action. Just reminded me of Jimmy Gopeth. Yeah, he takes oh, a long run up and he wallops. absolutely <laughs> sprints up wallops. as fast as he possibly can yeah. and hits it as hard as he possibly can, no matter where he is on the pitch. So yeah, they they, they obviously have some talented boys, as do the Australian team. Yeah, they had some really nice runners uh, in the back line. And well, I tell you what, somebody who was in the French squad in years gone in in previous couple of years, uh, Untermac. Yes. Um, what, what's, it's not called surfing. What's that thing where you chuck a board Body along? Bodyboarding. Oh, yeah. Bodyboarding. What's it? There's, a, there's a skimming. Skimming. No, skimming. <laughs> skimming with the top 14 trophy. I that think, was outrageous. I think there might be something going on with that top 14 trophy. There is. There is. I, I, I did know this already. It was quite, okay. It look, on, the, on the face of it, it does look outrageous behaviour from a, a, a massive ego young lad showing no respect. I love it. However, it's part of the tradition of that trophy. What, to go bodyboarding on it? To, to to bash it up. Oh, is that right? Yes. So, the, so did you see the the, the temping bowling one? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the slip and slide. Type. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the original is now 
been restored and is um, kept in like a in in the French Rugby Federation buildings or whatever. It's kept. It's been restored and is there. It's one of the oldest trophies in sport. It was the, the guy. Um, the guy who developed the Olympics. Um, what's his name? De Coubertin. Oh, okay. The guy who, who invented the modern Olympics, um, Pierre de Coubertin, actually got that trophy made by the guy whose the trophy is named after, which I can't remember what it is now. The 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 boot. It begins with a B. But oh yeah. Whatever the trophy is. Yeah. But the but. But it became a bit of a tradition. It was bashed up so much, used as a skateboard, used as all sorts of things, so much so that they took it out of circulation and people get a replica every year. And it's part of the tradition oh, to it. do crazy stuff with it. Uh, do you know who made the in, the World Cup trophy? Uh, no. Nobody knows because they got it from... They, they just bought it, didn't they? Just, they? <laughs> they just no way! It. They just bought it from an antique shop, yeah. It was the last part of the jigsaw of the, of the World Cup. They realised, bloody hell, we've not got a cup. So I went down to an antique store, found this trophy. No one knows why it was built, what it's made for. It's got a pineapple on yeah, the Wow, that's cooler. Isn't it? That's yeah, cooler. Yeah. I love it. So um, uh, what, what That first World Cup was such a Tim Pot affair, wasn't it? Yeah, we were talking about it upstairs. <laughs> um, what else, else was I going to say then about trophies? No, it's eluded me. Never mind. Sorry. Took your mind off it. Yeah. So yeah, that, that's fine. So Untermac was in keeping with the tradition. Yes. It looked like he was being very, very disrespectful. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, Olympics. Um, do you remember they did the whole torch thing and only the most worthy of worthy people could hold the torch? Do you remember that? Yeah. So they ran up and down the country and, like, you know, a nurse would hold it and then a charity worker and yada, 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 yada. Um, do, do you remember this? I do remember it. Yeah, so I was at a wedding <laughs> and one of the minders for the torch was there. She had the torch in her car. So um, she went to the um, she went to the car. She got she got a torch out. Was it lit in her car? No, I thought, oh. it could, I thought it could never go out. No, the flame can never go out, but the torches can. The, the, every, every, so you have a central point. Every person, yeah. there were different torches. They pass the flame from torch to torch. Yeah. I don't know how okay. they get get it through through airport security, but they do. Right <laughs> on a plane, it's still lit. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you know, petrol stations. That that, that must be <laughs> tricky. Um, yeah. So um, she got this thing out, and it was like. Interacting with a cult member, it's like, yeah, you can touch it, but you mustn't do anything disres- like disrespectful to it. Um, you know, you can't do anything derogatory, nothing sexual, like all of these nothing sexual. Yeah, like, you know, well, no, no, you're right because <laughs> legs. because uh, so I was doing I was doing the XFM breakfast show, and it was around the Olympics time, and they came in with a torch, and um, they were like, yeah, I have some photos taken with it, and we we try- every- everything we tried to do to make a have a bit of fun with it and get a good picture, that cricket, would- anything like that, they. Uh, because we we thought exactly that we'll do loads of things with the torch and that will be a series of pictures that we can put out on social media and they, they said <laughs> no they said no to every single one <laughs> and so I, we told them can i neck a go away go away <laughs> don't want, snort... i'm not interested i do not want a picture with the yeah. with the torch can i snort cocaine through it uh no tim no tim no tim uh, but for the record i would never <laughs> ask that not even for social media uh, yeah yeah it is it's 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 a weird weird thing the olympics yeah. Um, I can't remember what I was talking about. Oh, yeah, the so, trophy. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, we might as well talk briefly about the France squad. Seeing yeah. As... Well, yeah. Well, actually, let's talk about the other. We've got the one big scandal, which is JB playing touch rugby after Disgrace. giving it, having it, giving it so Hypocrite. Much Hypocrite. Massive scandal. We've got to talk about it. We can't let go on with the podcast without talking about the big scandal from rugby, the other big scandal from rugby. Um, JB, you must be devastated, Matthew Bastereau. Not in the French squad. I am gonna. Relu- <laughs> I'm gonna reluctantly concede 
that Matthew Bastro might not be at the height of his powers. But if he was, he'd be in, uh, is my take on it. If he was, he finally hang, hangs at the boots of his boots, we all realise that what we were, what we witnessed at his peak was one of the great rugby players. But yeah, he's not in. And, uh, I, just, I, just re- I just repeat the phrase I've been saying for some time now. If Matthew Basto is the answer, you're asking the wrong question. And it seems like... He reinvented the game. With no one else followed him in that reinvention. <laughs> it seems like Jacques <laughs> Brunel is, uh, is on board with that now. But it's quite harsh. Well, I don't know if it is harsh or not. I haven't really made up my mind. But Matthew Bastereau had to announce his international retirement after he'd already been left out of the French squad. He wasn't told beforehand that, he was, that right? he was not in. He didn't get a phone Ooh. call or a text or anything. I remember Chris Jones from Sale Sharks got dropped by the England team doctor. What he, that was how it was announced, or how he found out? Yeah, it was found out because he was with the team doctor, and the team doctor said something like, "Oh yeah, well, I won't be seeing you tomorrow anyway." <laughs> <laughs> something like that. I can't Ouch. remember the exact story. But some real talent, and again, we, we talked about their young. That's two years in a row they've won the under twenties championship. They've got some yeah. great young players, and you look at the top teams and the teams in that top fourteen final. As much as we give stick about the French having loads of foreigners, they've got some tidy players. Yeah, what did I put they on, my white, on my whiteboard again? Whoa! What's uh, that? YouTube is seen a lovely, nice little... Uh, massive, yeah, legged spider. spider. Just yeah. coming down, Going down for your part f- of the broadcast, onto your feet. For your feet. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you I... put on the whiteboard that they were going to win the Six Nations. I think the World Cup, was it not? Well, you did put Six Nations, and you have also put they're going to win the World Cup. Ah, right, okay. So, yeah. I think you might be wrong twice, then. South Africa-France final would be what I'd like to see. Wow. Yeah, they're, they're in good shape. I just don't think... They, I just wonder if the coach can actually make them into a team. Mm. Yeah, you, and, and one of the... Just on that point, that exact point, they've had such kind of... Um, just different combinations of players playing in that first 15 for the past couple of years. Yeah. That you you need consistent... Like, pairing, centre pairings, half-back pairings, back row pairings, hooker and second row pairings, that you need lots of time together when you're playing at the highest level knockout rugby. They're going to get very little of that. I love the look of the squad, though. I mean, I was reading the names. It's, like, yeah, it's young, it's exciting. Uh, they've moved on from some of the older players. I mean, if Morgan Parra can't make it into your squad, I mean, you've got some bloody good options. Well, Dupont is... Class and Saran as the second and, choice. And, and, and maybe the best of the lot of them. Yeah. yeah. But at a World Cup, fly half not being set and cemented and sorted and nailed. Yeah. At, well, uh, that's that's a bit it's a massive worry for France. Well, it, it is I think Entomac he's been playing there for Toulouse, hasn't yeah, he? He has, but he's been playing Yeah, yeah I mean he's, he's a great player, don't get me 12. wrong. They're all really good players, yeah. but you, you they're not going into a World Cup with a with an awesome ten. And you tell no, me you tell me right. a team that's won a World Cup. They used to where pop. they haven't had an amazing fly-off. Well, uh, New Zealand in 2011. Piri Wipu and uh, <laughs> Stephen Donald playing <laughs> yeah, at the end because of Aaron Cruden and it's a fair point. Dan Carter. Do you yeah. know, though, there is a lot said about... But other than that, and uh, that was New Zealand at home mm. where basically no one else bothered. And France, after losing to Tonga in the group stages, made it through to the final. Yeah, it's quite astounding, though. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, I'd, love, Fran- I'd love, love France to win the whole thing. Some surprises in the England squad. Yeah. Right, uh, I mean, albeit this is a this, yeah. this is the first training squad. There'll be another training squad. There's going to be a 48 man squad. This is just 31 players, not including the players in the sem- the guys in the semi final. Yeah, with a couple of exceptions. It's 31, although two of them are just reporting for medical duty, yes, which is Chris and, and uh, Mako. Yeah, and it's it's not players who played in the semis. Barbarians, oh, all right. the all the semis, with the exclusion 
of Dombrun, Marcus Smith, Ludlum, uh, Rapava Ruskin, and Tom Dunn. Right. Quite a few. Um, yeah, it is. It is It is quite a few. But then there's other players who have not which, been considered. Which, which game did Tom Dunn play in? The Barbarians? England Barbarians. Yeah. Same same as Don Brandt and Smith. So, and so the, what, one of the big headlines here is it looks like Danny Kerr and Chris Robshaw may, well, may well, well be cooked. Do you, do you know who, yeah. who, apparently who he fancies as the second scrum half? Danny Cipriani. Danny Cipriani. <laughs> no. Third scrum half. It is Spencer. Now, if this is true, this is, I mean, the mind boggles that he spends so much time with yeah. the other scrum halves, doesn't play the scrum half that he wants. I know. And then all of a sudden goes, yeah, I'm taking him to the World Cup. Not that Ben, Spen- ben Spencer's a bloody good player, but he's also a very good player in that Saracen system. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying he's a system scrum half, but, you know, he does fit the system quite nicely. I, I, what is he playing at? That's, I just well, don't get it. Well, Dan Robson's back in this squad. He played in the Six Nations, but then he obviously missed a, the main chunk of the end of the season because of the blood clot in his leg issue. Yep. So I can understand why you'd be reticent about putting all of your eggs in the Dan Robson basket if an issue like that reoccurs in the next six months. But he didn't get but when he had Robson, I mean bearing in mind he barely played fine him, yeah. to drop if you if you look at the, the this since Eddie Jones took over, it's been Danny Care, Danny Care, Danny Care, Danny Care, given no time to Robson when he had had him in the Six Nations. So he's had Spencer in a couple of squads but really hardly ever picked him now we're yep. on the brink of a World Cup and they're both above the guy he's been playing for the last three years it's unbelievable isn't it it's unbelievable uh, I, I, I don't get it also when he had Robson he, tra- he, he treated him with what I can only describe as utter disdain <laughs> played two minutes at the end of the game that's just, just even, a joke. even in a joke. which one was it the Italy game he only came <laughs> yeah. on for like the last five, four or five minutes yeah uh, and then well, well I mean, ben Young's been your starter. I mean, I'm not saying... No, I am saying it. He's just not a world-class scrum half. That's, well, that's, that's the end of that. Ben Young's at his best has been phenomenal. But now, I've his... not seen his best for at least a couple of seasons. You, we, we see it once every few years, don't we? But the danger is, you, once... When England have a great win, he plays really well. That yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, how far down the pecking order would Ben Young's be in France? Oh, he wouldn't be in the squad in France. Fourth, fifth... Fifth best scrum half in France, maybe if he was lucky. It's it's interesting. I, I, yeah. I'll, I'll say as well. I'm not. I'm not saying he should be in the. He should be in the World Cup squad. But how Brad Shields is above <laughs> Chris Robshaw, I cannot. I cannot You're understand. Not the only person. There are professional rugby players up and down the country who say exactly the same thing. <laughs> exactly the same thing, word for word. Just don't understand it. He has trying to defend Brad Shields. Um, it's exhausting, I'm sure. Uh, um, it'd be a good. I mean, my, my daughter does debate club after after school on Monday. So that'd be a good one. Yeah, to, yeah, to yeah. try and take on. So flexibility is important in World Cup squads, mm-hmm. and he can be an auxiliary lock. Yeah, because England <laughs> have got hardly any locks that can also play <laughs> in the back row. <laughs> yeah, um, important. That sounds I, important. I do actually quite like Brad Shields. I think he's a good player. He's a, if he was that good, he he would have played for New Zealand. The only thing. Well, interestingly, he was he was called up, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. so he, he was called up and or he was announced as about to be called up and then the story broke oh, of his wasps. I'm not saying he's not a good um, player. Really I just, just so, on the strength of what I've seen, on the evidence, Chris Robshaw's had one of his best seasons ever, yeah, ba- club seasons. Yeah, back back half of the season when he was fit, yeah. he's played really, really well. 
So anyway, it, I feel sorry for. Frozen. I feel sorry that he's not. Evident doesn't look like he's going to have a shot at redemption for 2015 because he's done everything that he could have done. Yeah. That said, he may not have got into the final 31 anyway, but and Brad Shields may not True. anyway. And the yeah. only th- and the only thing I can think of in that one is maybe Eddie Jones has gone. Well, we've got Wilson or Robshaw because they're very much alike. Shields yeah. is different, so I, I, I could get that as well. But anyway, um, we'll see. When, when do we know when the? Oh well, Chris Ashton, by the way, has also withdrawn himself from the training squad. I, yeah, I like that. You know, he's got an imminent birth of his second child. I think I think he's a very wise, a very wise man. Um, the international camps have started now because well, he doesn't want to break a leg from doing UFC. Yes, quite. Yeah. <laughs> well, like the the um, the World Cup training squads have started now, and the teams that are in camp, they are training brutally hard, and they've just come off like, a full season. I think if I'm in the mind space of Chris Ashton, I know I'm a bloody good player. I know I'm probably the best wing in England. I know I'm probably the fastest player in uh, at, at Sale Sharks. Why do I need to go go to another camp and I've got the birth of my child on, on, on the way? I think it's a good decision. Now, if they really want him, they rate him, they'll pick him anyway, like they did with Marla. So I, I have no problem with this. I think it's a good decision. Well, that's the... It's interesting because it, I think it'll be very difficult for them to pick him now. Well, then, then they're idiots. I mean, all all that they've got to do is win the World Cup. You know, they, <laughs> all. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that, that's their only objective. <laughs> it's not like we're four years away. They're trying to create a culture and this, that, and the other. They just need to get their best players on the field, and they've got a good shot of progressing far. I hope they go out in the group stages, but they have a good shot if they have everyone together. And Chris Ashton is going to be critical for that. See, that's where why because I I'm I, I'm a much uh, less grand advocate than you are of Chris Ashton mm. because it's one of the most hotly contested positions uh, in England. You've got yeah. g- guys, so Johnny May, Anthony Watson's now back fit. Jack Noel, if you can get back fit, was playing phenomenally well. Thokana Singer has had a really, really good se- season. Um, even, that's even discounting someone like Ollie Thorley, who's come in, Crikey, yeah. um, who's not not in the squad, but then he played in the um, semi-finals. And, Daily and McConaughey as well, uh, who's had a brilliant season at Bath. But Ashton's got has been himself called above McConaughey. So, you well, you, this this yeah. is the thing. So if he was in the squad, and if he has this time to shine, I'd say yes, I would back him ahead of it. Well, so so I don't I don't think I think this is Chris Ashton doing the right thing for his family, yeah. rather than backing himself and being confident that yeah, he, and I he don't think he's I don't squad. think he's tactically withdrawing himself no. from the front line. I think no. it's purely a family no, decision. I think it's family sensible, decision. Like, I yeah. also think he's fairly confident he's a good like, player. Where are like they it. going by the way? Where are they training? Are they going abroad? So I think this first squad is in the UK. So why? Cuz he can be home in a couple of hours. Couple of hours. Penny, Penny Hill Park. Work. It's like all day. I mean I know all day hard work. Oh, oh so, no. Some real hard work. Oh. I can tell you that some of the lads in camp at the moment, not the England camp, but a different international camp, they are working like full days training. No, training yeah, yeah. No, but what's that got to do with him being able to get a car, a car to drive him back to? Do you think well, his house? professional park? That's a, that's a bit of a mission to get back to Wigan. Three hours, four hours. Yeah, three hours there, three hours back. Well, it's it's only a day. Yeah, he's not going to be commuting every day. He'll only equal, going back and, if there's an issue. And this might be really an ignorant thing to say because there's all sorts of other things at play, and I don't know what their home setup is. And when you're, I was I'm, actually now I'm saying this, it seems ridiculous because if I asked my like nearly ready to pop wife to, why don't you come and live in an Airbnb just just uh, <laughs> in Hertfordshire? She might she might not like that too much. So I, so maybe I'll take that back. 
But, no, I think it's a bit, bit but if they're in the UK, that's... Uh, anyway, it's, it's an interesting one. I don't know if there's more to it. I don't think there is. But presumably you would have had a chat with Eddie Jones and got it. And Eddie would have said, Yeah, and he's done mate. it before. Fine, mate. There's another, there's another camp in a bit. But Yeah, and don't forget, he's done it before as well. He said to Eddie, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going on a bloody A-team tour. I've, you know... Um, so and as you pointed out, he's sort of indicated with his EPS squad that it's all about the World Cup and he just wants the best players, Joe Marler, now, back in. Yeah. Now, interestingly as well, I think... Ashton's situation might be a bit different because do you know Eddie Jones keeps on talking about test match animals or whatever the stupid phrases. We're, and I mean that it, that doubles as an excuse, which is a I don't have enough test match t- test match animals, but it's a weird sort of selection criteria where in his mind, regardless of club form, he knows who he thinks is a test match animal, and I think he's got Chris Ashton in in that category, which helps him out enormously. I I would probably agree with that. Yeah. Mm. He's going to be one of those touch and go ones for a squad place, regardless of whether yeah. he's in this camp in this camp or not. It is so competitive yeah. that it's going to be a really tight position. But do you know what? Uh, this links perfectly to go on when the squad is announced, when the World Cup warm up matches are done, when the team have have just played Italy and are flying off to Japan. Oh yeah! That very day, oh, we have a live podcast. Oh, yeah, we do at Twickenham. Indeed. Now, when it when is that? Saturday, the seventh of September. Perfect. And wouldn't you look great if you went on Saturday, seventh of September, in maybe I don't know, an egg, uh, an egg chasers jersey? Oh, and actually, if you get an egg chasers jersey now, if you order one now, you also get a free tie. How's that? Free egg chasers tie. Yep. If you get wonderful. Where do you get the egg chasers jersey from? Uh, Akuma Shops dot com forward slash egg chasers. Wonderful. Whether, whether you have the jersey or not, which you would look amazing in, or not, that's absolutely fine. Um, get yourself to Twickenham on Saturday the 7th of September for our live show, which is part of a bunch of live shows, actually. This is how you set up for a big World Cup year. This is how you mark the fact that 2019 is here, Japan is coming. The day that England fly out to Japan, come and join us for a live show, previewing the World Cup. It's also on the Groney party, and we've, oh, yeah. we've had more contact from people, more on that in a minute. Um, the Negroni thing is going global properly. Sadly. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's our Negroni party. It's our JB 2020 launch. J- We've got some special surprises launched, uh, ready, uh, getting prepared now for JB's launch yep. of his bid to become an RFU counsellor and cream off all those expenses for himself. Exactly right. Um, and it's our World Cup preview with live show, but there's also other live shows there. Brian Moore will yeah, be there. Yeah, we've got warm-up acts, haven't we? We've got yeah. um, Brian Moore doing a bit of a warm-up act. Uh, <laughs> he's, probably sold, he's probably sold about three or four tickets now. Uh, Stephen Jones, about half uh, uh, half as many sales again. So if you want to see, see those warm-up acts followed by us, please feel free. <laughs> he speaks in jest, of course. Wonderful podcast, yeah. and lots of them will be there. And you can There get... are some other wonderful podcasts there. There are lots of wonderful podcasts. They're all wonderful podcasts. They're all talking about rugby. and You can make a whole day of it in Twickenham, the home of rugby, where rugby, uh, the, where the home of English rugby, podcastlive.com is the website. Podcastlive.com. Get your tickets. Stick us as your preferred podcast. We'll guarantee you a seat uh, in our pod. And we've got all sorts planned. We cannot wait for that. Podcastlive.com. Hmm. Anything else to say on the England squad? Uh, no. Not really, from my point of view. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing who the other names are when the bigger squads announced. Yeah, and, and who just who gets the boot then? Oh, did we talk about Willie Hines? He's been talked up that he might be. He's he's in the frame. 
to potentially be in the wider squad as a scrum half o- think, over Danny Kerr. I think he should be, you know. I think he's a cracking player. A bit old, but again, they've only got, got to do one thing, and that's win the World Cup. And if he gives you a better chance of winning that World Cup when, when the time comes, go for it. Again, though, he's hardly played, unless you're going to have Cipriani there, he's hardly Uh-oh. played with uh, the other fly halves. I wonder. Or number eights. I wonder. Cipriani goes. Woody Hines, Hines goes. Perfect service. Perfect. That'd be awesome. It'd be a bold call for Cipriani to go we got, hold as, on, hold as on. your starting fly half. Young's Ford, Cipriani Hines, and you'll have Spencer, Spencer Farrell. Spencer Farrell. Ah, well spotted. Interesting. Although... It's likely that um, Eddie Jones will only take two scrum halves. But potentially, yes, you're right. But knowing Eddie Jones will come up with one of those master strokes, like move Farrell to 12, put Ford in at 10, and bring uh, the worst out of all no, three th- of them. There genuinely might be something in this. So let's say we, we've got Youngs and Spencer are going to go, and Ford and Farrell are going to be in the squad. Mm. If Cipriani goes as the third 10, let's say a scrum half goes down, Hines comes in, and then you've got, and then Cipriani becomes a 10 again. Or a 10 goes down. You bring in Willie Hines and Cipriani becomes a ten, so you you keep the partnerships. That might that's actually be what he's doing. Yeah, that, actually, that's a good idea. Here's a question: How much say do you think other players have over who gets into the England team? Players, yes, very very little. little. So perhaps Owen Farrell is captain. Yeah, but Owen Farrell. But was, but uh, I really like the way that Spencer puts the ball into my hands. That carries some weight, right? So I was yeah, I interviewed a, a I was tiny lucky, bit. I was lucky enough to interview Jack Yendall uh, last week. Thanks to Captain uh, Yoddy Yoddy Yoddy, right? Now, Jack Yendall has never had a look in at, at England. That's correct, broadly speaking, yeah? yeah. Correct, yeah. I, would it not be worth a fiver to each of his mates, Harry Williams and Moon, to pop it from a scrum one day in front of Eddie Jones and go, do you know what, if, if we just had Jack here, <laughs> you know, would, it, that, would, that, would that not yeah. be like... A pretty strong message. It would be a strong message if it was delivered. It would have to be very, very carefully and yeah. cleverly delivered with Jack, Luke, Cow, and Dickie in the squad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Or uh, if he's scrimmaging with, I don't know, um, whoever, like... Jack Singleton. Jack Singleton, right? They can keep keep on saying, do you know, uh, Jack Yendall does it this way? Uh, Yendall, <laughs> the way that Yendall likes it, and keep talking and talking and talking. Like, Who is this Yendall fella? Get, get him on the line. Uh, and I wonder, I, I do wonder if, the, if Spencer, if he is the second one, if that is anything to do with Owen Farrell, uh, not the way he's played this season. Yeah, he has, he's been playing very, very. Oh well. yeah, yeah. I mean, he does, does deserve it also. But it's an interesting one. Yeah. See, see, see if the players get actually a say. Yeah, I wouldn't have thought there'd be much because weirdly they do have a lot of say in recruitment. Yeah, a lot of say. Yeah. Well, depending on the club. Yeah. Because a club like Leicester, for example. It's a no, yeah, uh, yeah. Throw darts at a dartboard, recruit that player. Well, I'm, I'm sure Exeter. They I'm, have sure massive Steve, Steve, I'm sure Steve Diamond said to uh, Faf and John O'Ross and the other South Africans, "Tell me about these uh, Lions boys, then." Tell me about, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and the tell sharks. me about the Saffers and the Sharks boys. And the sharks boys. Tell me when the Dupree boys were over. Yeah. I'm sure they said, "Tell me about this angry warthog." Tell, <laughs> tell me what he's like. He sounds good. Tell you what, this um, Acker, what's his face? Van der is meant to be an absolute animal. An <laughs> yeah. absolute animal. Yeah. He's not going to be better than, than Rob Webber, but he's meant to be very, <laughs> very good. What else have we got from this week? Um, oh, on that, what, just kind of related to that one, we talk about Twickenham and stuff, um, and on sort of the international game, World Rugby have had to basically just accept defeat on their aims to get some kind of Nations League annual tournament standardisation of a global calendar 
mm. promotion relegation from the southern hemisphere and northern hemisphere competitions it's it's dead in the water now it's yep. they've accepted defeat it's thought that effectively it came down to Scotland and Ireland it's not, been reported in some to, quarters as that well what what we've heard is that Wales and England were very very open minded okay Scotland and Ireland were very very anti and that was kind of where the and, yeah, I mean, that's needed, kind of what we heard. They needed unanimous decision as well, yeah, didn't well, they, to get it through? Yeah, and that's kind of what we heard as well, didn't we? When yes, it was first announced. I mean, the leak allegedly was maybe maybe from Dublin. Who knows? Yes. Um, yes, it doesn't surprise me. Uh, there's an actually really good article in the Times, Sunday Times. It's a Stephen Jones article about this actually. Um, and it's you know the Scottish, Scottish and the Irish don't want any kind of movement. Uh, and the one which really got me is New Zealand are now demanding half of the, or would like half of the gate receipts of any match that they play, regardless of where it is. Mm. Which, yeah. of course, suits them down to the ground because they've never built themselves a stadium. <laughs> so They can't yeah. make that fly, can they? No, just say, just don't play them. I mean, they claim that they're the biggest draw in the game. Maybe they are, maybe they are. They are the biggest draw Well, they're not the going to be a draw if, no, if, if, if no one will play them. True. And they've Very got a true. real big problem then. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, build your own stadium. Just Lazy. Just on the the balance of the nations rugby nations cup, whatever it was going to be called, nations championship. Where did you stand on it? Where did you two? Were you for it? Against it? I didn't like it. For, I, th- I what, think I have a better solution personally. But what, why didn't you like it? Because because on this solution, I think it's quite interesting. I mean, looked at it, I think it boils down to you, when you boil the two the kind of status quo proposal and this pro- alternative proposal. It boils down to two things. The status quo, uh, with the San Francisco agreement in place, which is more tier one, more tier, tier two. One yep. v tier two. Yeah. Georgia hosting a July tour yeah. against Six Nations sides. Japan, USA, Canada hosting tours. Yeah. England and other countries going to Pacific so Islands nations. hugely in favour of that. Yeah, yeah. I think all well, that's great. Yeah. So I'm, I'm massively in favour of that. The downside of that is there, there, there was no overarching deal to give significantly more money to any of the nations. Yes. So if England go and play in Fiji or Samoa, Apia, th- that will raise a bit of money, but it's not game-changing. Well, also the that... difference is this World Rugby proposal, while you wouldn't have got that, it would have been yes. two separate tiers, so you, yes. England would not have been travelling to Apia or, or yeah. Suva. Um, this would have had massive, massive amounts of money 6.1 6. Billion, billion pounds, pounds over 12 years it, that which is, would have been distributed liberally across it, all nations that, that is massive so it, it, there's a there's a clear trade-off and I, i'm not saying which one i think is yeah. best i like the san francisco agreement but i also like the idea of that much money coming into the so game I, I like the idea of the and i'm not massively in general um like general politics, I'm not in favour of huge redistribution of wealth. I don't. I don't agree with it. I. Th- I, I believe in um, everyone having opportunity and being able to make the mm. most of it. But I. D- I don't want to take away from people that have earned it, and that will link in with something we'll, we'll get onto in a little bit. But I do think in this particular occasion, I actually. Do you know what I've done? I, I actually think there's a there's a Brexit analogy here. Uh oh. Uh oh. This oh, is yeah. da- this is always dangerous. Well, 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 okay. So, <laughs> so, so I think it's like. So the EU, you could argue, is a protectionist bloc. Oh no, it is a protectionist bloc, and that's fine. Some people think it's a good thing, some people think it's a bad thing. It's a protectionist bloc that are defending what they have, and as a result, it makes it harder for countries outside of that 
protectionist block. Do I need to hit my 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 hacksaw music? No, 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 no. no, 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 no it's hold off. No, it's fine. It's fine. So, so no, because it's, it's, it's your perspective. Some people think that protectionist block is a good idea. Some people think that protectionist block is a bad idea. I'm not judging it. I'm just saying what it is. But as a result, um, but I think if you have a vision and a long term approach, either solution can be can be great. But I think in this case, Ireland and Scotland have shown no vision whatsoever. I don't know because uh, the, 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 they're they're protectionist in a negative way. I think. Well, they're well, holding because... on to what they've got and not looking. 10 years down the line and not forgetting the fact that I think where it got to with this Nations League plan is World Rugby were willing to say alright we'll only have promotion or relegation every 4 or 6 years even no will, you, will you sign up to that no relegation no promotion I would I would veto that every every day of the week as should Scotland and Ireland uh, because but you would veto that and, but then, then you 100%. would lose the tier 1 v tier, tier 2 no not necessarily so my solution is pretty much exactly what we have now all... What's your objective? Can I just ask? What's your what if you were running rugby, or if you were in charge of a of a governing body of a nation, even mm-hmm. either or? Yeah, yeah. What what's your what's your big overall objective? Okay, two different questions there. So if I was running the union, what's the mission statement. If I was running the union for Scotland, say, yeah, my primary concern is for the Scottish game, not the world game, and so I think the two can be the same. But uh, anyway, I mean, you are asking. What you're asking Scotland to do is basically sacrifice themselves for the no, greater good, and I hopefully, don't, I don't think will, I am. The, the, the bigger there'll be a bigger pie, and uh, be this and the other. No, uh, I wouldn't do that. Uh, now, for world rugby, I think the solution's clear if if they do it properly, which is I've said it so many times: lots and lots of six nation types to- type tournaments, all on an equal footing, and then come the summer tours and the autumn internationals, you all mix and match outside of your conferences, for want of a better word. So you've got the six six nations going on. You've got the championship going on. You've got tier two six nations. You've got all these all these other things, and they need to stand on their own feet because if you start taking Georgia over out, what, over what time scale? Because we've had this before. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what time scale are we talking about that the tier two six nations need to be able to get up to a level all on its own? Because that, that's, that's bollocks, mate. That's bollocks. That's, that's never going to happen. Why? It's n- not in our lifetime. Yeah, not think, in our kids' talking, lifetime. Well, look, at, look, over, look at the progress of Italy over the last 20 years, playing in the top division. Maybe they'd be better playing below. I, I think they would be better playing below, but yeah. they're, they're, not, they're still not going to catch up to the top division. So my point, be, my point being, I, I, I think Scotland and Ireland are being massively short-sighted and holding on to what they've got. And I think a little bit of reality check. Rugby's a tiny game, globally. But it's a massive game domestically. Well... No, it's not a massive game it domestically. Is, so it's not. It's not. not. No, no, no. Look at the crowds. It's not. It's not. It. It's not. J- JB, just wait. Just wait. So, if we say the objective is we want a World Cup where twenty-four teams could win it, which oh, the fo- which I'm the fo- which the football World Cup has, I'm with you. Right. So, if that's the objective, how do you achieve that objective? Status quo doesn't achieve it. I th- the definition of madness is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. But You're going to. We're going to get the same niche game with the same half a dozen teams that can win it for the whole of our lifetime. And maybe that'll be great for us, but if your objective is growing the game, this is going nowhere. I don't nowhere. think there's any amount of money okay, which is going to get you to 24 teams who can all potentially win the World Cup. That's, that's, that's the first thing. The second thing is, I would... Oh, let's not bother then. I would push back on the idea that um, we're doing the same things over and over again. I mean, World Rugby have made huge strides with teams like Georgia, like teams like Spain, um, and if you compare where Georgia are now compared to where they were last World Cup or the World Cup before, they're getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. 
um, the, the USA are getting stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger. Uh, Argentina are getting stronger. I mean, Argentina, everyone thought, mm, no, we're not sure if they're going to be uh, able, um, able to cut it at the top end of rugby. They've had some fantastic wins in the World Cup, and now the Jaguares look like they might be on the way to the first Super Rugby final. So these, so these things do work. Um, I'm well, pretty content with it the way it well, is. What, 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 how did, how did, how did that, how did Argentina? That example you said well, about Jaguars and Argentina. How did that happen? Yeah, by by including them in a yeah, in a competition actually, against. But they, all, Big nations. they are also playing a lot of domestic stuff at a lower level. So an Argentine 15 is always playing against Brazil or again. And that's actually, and actually, that's the more important one. I mean, the more important thing for, for Argentina, in my, in my mind, is to get really, really niggly, close domestic, not domestic, international rivals in, in that region. That's why Six Nations works, because everything's so close and the rivalries are so intense. You've got to cultivate those those rivalries to grow the game, grow the interest. Because well, otherwise, okay. the we- downside to the Haguaras example and the Sunwolves example and Southern Kings is when you just make up these teams and you try and force a rivalry on them, it just doesn't work. Let, let me flip it around just from a different perspective and we can move off this because um, we have been over this before. But if if you ring-fence the Premiership, are any rich people going to go and invest in the Championship? No. Maybe. But Hans-Peter Wild yeah. for Germany, for example, if he thought, hmm, I could have a team in the Six Nations, I could have a interna- German international team mm. in the Six Nations, he would throw some of his billions so, at German yeah. rugby. So, I, wouldn't again, he? this is why I disagree with you so, so strongly. Because if I had lots and lots of money now, I would want, you know, I would put it into a few clubs. One of the, one of the clubs I'd be very interested, not clubs, nations I'd be very interested in funding more, would be Spain. And not because I want to get Spain and Six Nations, it's because I'm in love with the idea they've got an, this well, horrible rivalry now with, well, yeah, you with Romania, and I want to make sure they beat you Romania are. each and every yeah. year. And that's yeah. what would inspire me to invest in them. Yeah, well, I think. Well, okay, I think you can take take my point though. I'm, I'm just trying to look at it from different angles and see. And well, I just think from both, from all angles, you need rivalries. Rivalries go <sighs> the sport. Otherwise, it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to play whoever it is. And that's why okay. some some balls failed. I think. But yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm very, I mean I'm, there is definitely some um, some logic in in what you're saying. You, you do need more exposure to tier one, tier one against tier two. I well, you you, you need you need uh, aspiration. Mm. You need genuine aspiration. Yeah, but isn't the World Cup not good enough for that? On the summer tours and the autumn. Well, let's see how the World, the World Cup, Cup goes doesn't this doesn't bring six point one billion though. No, not no, not and yet. On on the Sunwolves, there there are far more factors at play at that, like the strength and the money being thrown around in the Japanese top division, meaning the Sunwolves couldn't attract, couldn't attract the best players playing in Japan. Huh. They had the choice of the third best players playing in Japan, and you try and throw them into the meat grinder of South African or the Haguares or against the so New Zealand teams. So looking back at it, was the Sunwolves just a fairly cynical ploy to try and get some money out of the Jap- the Japanese market? It was ill, from my perspective, and I'm not into the detail, it was ill thought through of how it would interact with the money that the um, the top teams have. Mm. And there was no there was no link between the top teams. They, they're not a feeder team to the um, the Sunwolves. They run completely at odds to the Sunwolves. So all the best Japanese players and all the best foreign players playing in Japan are not playing at the Sunwolves. Yeah. Oddly, just listening to what you said, oddly, I actually think the... 
World Rugby's plan where it got to in the end, where the promotional relegation was only every six years, I think that actually descri- would, would cultivate what you're talking about far better than... And I like lots about the San Francisco agreement, mm. but I actually think it will cultivate what you're talking about far more because if you chuck £6.1 billion pounds and spread it around tier two loads, whereas only one team can go up every six years, uh, then you are going to have those rivalries, but you're going to have much better teams Maybe. in those rivalries. Um, just one thing before we move off this from me have either of you been watching the Cricket World Cup no no. are you aware of how the group format the pool format works oh, yeah I'm looking at this it's odd it's, it's, it's like a co- it's, coefficient type thing it's brilliant uh, it's it's a round robin but yeah. it's a 10 team round robin Okay. so over a 6 week period all 10 teams play each other once so everyone plays 9 games and it's actually it's very similar to how the Ruby Nations Championship, whatever you want to call it, would have worked with 12 teams. Call it whatever you want now, it's not happening. Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. The but Israel, 12 teams Israel all playing. Israel Cup, whatever, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that, that is brilliant from a spectacle because you get the best teams playing each other and every game matters. But I'm kind of... I, I like the status quo. I just wish there was a, a way of monetizing mm. the status quo better. Yeah. That's, That's the, the money. The money is so important as we we might come on to him when we're discussing uh, Izzy oh. later. Well, and there's the, still there's the, still conversations to be had about the well the CVC offer for the Six Nations is still on the table. Yeah, but just in terms of money, yeah. another money decision this week. We mentioned the French squad before. Ali, Ali Veretti, Raka, Fijian, born and bred, supremely talented winger. Yeah is in the French squad. Yeah. If Fiji had more money, he would be playing for Fiji. Yeah, and this is after Bernard Laporte said it would not happen. Correct. Yeah, but... You but know, I don't blame them because... But he's so, such a deliciously talented player. Yeah. Eddie, Eddie Jones so, would do the same. Andy Fat, well, uh, Joe Schmidt would do the same. I would do Gatlin, the same. Gatlin would do the same. Gatlin would do the same. Yeah. Yeah, I have no Steve problem Steve Hansen would do the same. Checker would so, do the same. And also, here's the other thing about um, these, these Fijian players, not to go back over all ground. But that is their goal. Their goal is not to play for Fiji. Their goal is to play for France or to play for to England. Get, to get as much money That's as they can to, to send it back to their family. And I, I quite like it. I quite yeah. like, like like the romance of you know you, uh, you leave uh, you leave your island, you leave your family, you go over you know to somewhere which essentially doesn't even speak your language. Especially in the case of France, you do really well. You get but, to the French team. It's it's an amazing thing. But what if you could have all of that and you could go and play for Clermont and win? Trophies, win the league, win, or maybe not you know win what? trophies in Claremont, but then go and represent his country and go and represent Fiji. And get paid the same amount. Handsomely for it. Yeah. Do you know what? If I had a choice of international teams to play for, I'd play for France. <laughs> yeah, because you love eating cheese and not training. I <laughs> know, I love, yeah, yeah. Cheese passe, not training. It's the one part of the game that. Who would you rather play for, Argentina or France? Don't say England. You can't want to play for England. Oh, I'd love to play for England. Over, over France. I'd quite like to, I'd quite like to play if I could pick any nation. I'd quite like to play for South Africa, oh, just be because cool I'd love well. to be so arrogant. Yeah, like no, you are so much not, better than this everyone is else. It. This, this is this is I, I, well, again. We're not going to go over old <laughs> ground. We know where I stand. I think it's an absolute sham, and it's one place that football massively has a huge one over rugby. Rugby is a total joke when it comes to national teams and nationality. Yeah, but it's, it's a joke. Of, yeah, but like, isn't half the German German national team from Turkey? Yeah, but they're German nationals, aren't they? As um, in, they're educated. The German nationals, all the parents, quite and often, like, were the ones. On, on, there's like loads of Brazilians, yeah. all playing in different nations. I mean, it, what's it, his uh, name? Uh, Diego Costa. I think he played for Brazil and Spain. 
Yeah, yes. there was uh, Eduardo Silva, Croatia and Brazil. You can, Brazilian na- Croatian. you can name a couple of examples, but generally speaking, there is no... There's certainly not none in England. No, there's no English players that, that play that, are, that aren't Although English. Although I do seem to remember... Uh, Owen Hargreaves. Canadian English, we Canadian had English, English mum, English mum though. Didn't he, he did, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Cla- Cla- but he, he didn't grow up dreaming no. of kissing the three no, he lions. He grew up in Canada, then played in Germany. Uh, Claudio, what's his name? The Chelsea keeper. Remember him? Claudio Ren. Uh, I want to say Ranieri. It's not Ranieri. No, it's not Ranieri. Um, Cudicini. Oh, know. Carlo Cudicini. Carlo Cudicini. He never played. No, but uh, he, there was talk of talk, was of, talk. Call, of calling him up, and that was yeah. a scandal. Yeah, it was. Um, well, anyway, we've been over that. It's loaded. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've been over the Carlo Cudicini <laughs> scandal. We've talked about Carlo Cudicini endlessly on this podcast, <laughs> on this rugby podcast. Uh, yeah. So, should, on, what should we talk? The, should we talk the conclusion of, of that conversation? What were we even talking about? I wish we could keep as we are now with more money and have given more money to. I think we every can all team. agree we'd like more money. Yes, more money. More money for Egg Chasers tours, tier two tours. Oh, I'll tell you what I am looking forward to, though. Or, or summer in Tbilisi, because yeah. Georgia are going to host Six Nations sides in July. Is that right? Interesting. Because so, you could do it as a stopover on your way to, well, anywhere. Anywhere else. Summer in Tbilisi sounds good to me. My sister was in Tbilisi two weeks ago. Was she? Yeah. I was listening to, um, uh, the, 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 I, again, I've listened to it. I think it's about the third time I've listened to it over the years, but the... The Wrath of the Khans, Dan Carlin. Oh yeah, and I've just, I've just. That doesn't the, make you want to go to Tbilisi more, well, though, does it? I've just, at the bit, <laughs> just at the bit where the the Mongols arrive at Tbilisi and the Georgian knights think we've got this, we're badass and get absolutely savaged. Yeah, it's, it's, it, yeah, it's going to be a very cool city. Genghis Khan was a pretty bad man, wasn't he? He was a bad man, naughty boy. I always yeah. thought he was Genghis Khan until Dan Carlin. Yeah, <laughs> he always Genghis. said Genghis, but he yeah. pronounces a lot of things very oddly. He does. Mm. Um, anyway. Hey, look, before we move on, can I tell you what I did this weekend? Yes, yes. please. I went in an Ariel Atom. So that is very, very exciting. Are you aware of what an Ariel Atom is, Tim? No. I would say an Ariel Atom, no. but I might be totally Dan, Car- Dan Carlin says Ariel. Yeah, yeah. Ariel. Um, <laughs> my next door neighbour had a friend around who had this Atom in the... Oh yes, it's one of those little things. Yeah, yeah in the driveway. Yeah. Now it's basically like a stripped down. It's basically a race, street legal yeah. race car. I do not. I, I do not like going fast in cars. <laughs> like, I re- I don't even own a car now. Um, so you know, I went from not a, from a bike into that into that thing. I have never been so afraid in all of my <laughs> life. Yeah, the feeling is indescribable. Just being that low to the ground. Not to sixty in two and uh, two point eight seconds. Oh, this was on a road or no? this is on a road because I, 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 the thing that scares me about going in cars like that is you other other road users won't see you because you're yeah. so low down. Yeah. Oh, it was. Did, did you do you have to wear horrific. a helmet? Do you have to wear a helmet in it? Yes, I. And there's nowhere to. This is the other thing. You sit in there and you put your hands on your knees and you're like, I need to hold on to something. I need to hold on. To something. <laughs> there's nothing to hold on to. There's nothing. And the engine makes a hug noise the driver that like it makes this noise. I thought the guy next to me was screaming at me. <laughs> So it's like, whoa. It's like, God, he's into this. It's, like, it's just like, it, the engine, the sound of it. Yeah, I only you, went two miles, maybe four miles in total. I will never, ever get in a fast car again. Did you find did your... Did you play it cool when you got out? You're just like, yeah, cheers. Nice one. <laughs> no, yeah, that was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Crawled deep. out of it. it was, and you can see the wheels too, which sounds obvious. No, it doesn't actually, because you can, oh, can never usually see wheels. So you're looking where this, where this wheel's going. And it's and, going like sideways, and yeah, and we're sort of edging to. I mean, it feels like I'm going at two hundred 
thousand miles an hour, <laughs> and this wheel, see, coming towards the edge of the of this country lane. It's like, oh my god, if he hits it, if he comes off the edge, we're just dead. We're just almost <laughs> dead. I never want to go in a fast car ever again. Did you find your left leg going for the brake? You know, at, one, at one point, right, this is not a joke. It, again, only four miles was uh, only four <laughs> miles was travelled. I thought maybe I'm going to be better off if I just close my eyes. Well, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> it's a terrible idea. Oh, that's, I, that's how I got I through a couple of roller coasters when I was a kid. Oh, it's I would have loved that. No, you wouldn't. You, you've not experienced anything like it. That, it's that lack of control. If you were driving, yeah. you probably would have been okay with it. But that, it's, it's like there was a video of people in really severe turbulence in oh, over really? over Russia. And, like, this one woman walloped her head on the chair. It was unbelievable. But you just saw people praying and stuff. It's the lack of control. Yeah. yeah horrendous. Yeah. Well, I do an- another podcast, you might know, uh, called Pilot Episodes with some pilots. And uh, they are terrible passengers. Don't like uh, One of them, apparently, I think what is right, doesn't particularly like flying unless he's actually flying the thing. Wow. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So, well, well, sp- speaking of exhilarating experiences and total lack of control. Did you see any of the Super Rugby quarterfinals this weekend? <laughs> what a link. I saw none of it. No, I just know Jaguares beat the Chiefs Jaguarez in their first ever semi-final. In the lowest scoring game of the weekend, Jaguares, two tries to one, um, beat the Chiefs. Well, they're a good performance. Though, they? they are an international. They're cheating. They're international uh, cheating. Yeah, well, it wasn't the problem when they weren't very good, but now it's now they're good. It's a massive problem. Yeah, it's really yeah. bad. Real bad. Yeah. And everyone knew that was the the purpose. Yeah. Like everyone <laughs> yeah. knew it was going to be kind of 80, who, 80%. Who are the European players that they're, that they're missing, by the way? Um, Imhoff, Codero, Issa, Nicolas Sanchez, um, Herrera, the prop, uh, Figolo, Saracen's prop. Yep. There's... Uh, is Pet, uh, the Bath guy, is he still there? Bosch. Um, yeah, but I'm not sure if he'd be near the team anyway. Um, there's there's oh, yeah. about between five and ten who would be in the squad or pushing for the squad. What a, what a worrying thing for England. England and France and well, JB's France. I think De- France. Death taxes and Argentina somehow pulling it out of the bag when it comes near a World Cup. Yeah. Do you remember yeah, the time first time Argentina just right. really pulled it out of the bag against France? 2007. It was an incredible game. Oh, they did it twice in oh, 2007. that was just Hernandez chucking up bombs yeah. for 80 minutes, wasn't but it? It was also, who was the fullback? Was it Tuchelet? There was a fullback uh, who scored a, a I can't remember. Might have been him, yeah. Might have been. But there's a fullback who scored a brilliant try in one of those games. I, like a 60 yarder. Yeah. So No, no, that was the what Tuchelet wasn't around then. I can't remember the can't was remember he? The Maybe scrum. he was. I, I can't, I can't remember. remember. I can't remember the scrum off. It might have been P shot. I doubt it. it yeah, I think it like, was. I think it was P shot and Contopomi were both in that team. Yeah, so it was du- it was double Contopomi's in in the centre. Twelve, uh, twelve. Hernandez 13. was Hernandez uh, you had Leguizamon and two Fernandez Lobes. 
and no, Al- Albacete no. was in the locks. There was Gizamo. And you had... Um, Coletto was the 15. Coletto, there you go. Yeah. And you had the... He scored an amazing try, you're right. Yeah, And you had um, you had the, the Le- old Leicester prop, Aguja. Uh, yeah. No. Aguja? Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the team now. Yeah. Yeah, it was amazing to watch because they just they hammered everything high. Everything went in the air. And you know when... You know when journalists are making stuff up because the things don't last? Uh, and one of the things that they made up was Hernandez's range of kicking. Uh, do you remember when the banana kick became a thing for about a week and then <laughs> never became a thing ever again? It's like resourcing the ruck. That was a thing for all of one week and now is, and now is no long, longer a thing. Thank God. But they were doing like analysis of all the different styles of kicks that he has. Like, this is nonsense. He just kicks it. <laughs> wasn't, he in, um, wasn't he in Stephen Jones's... Best all time. Wasn't he the ten? Well, he was, he was the, the ten, 10 in the best. <laughs> he was the ten <laughs> in the all time best team, alongside uh, Warburton and Dan Lydia. L- uh, Warburton, you can make an Warburton. Yeah, yeah, Warburton. I got no problem with him being in the conversation. Lydia, well, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, enough said of that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but the so Aguares did win twenty one sixteen in a very close game. Uh, then Crusaders. Comfortably won in the end. Comfortably beat uh, the Highlanders, thirty-eight fourteen. Good, but it was only really the last kind of twenty minutes that Crusaders pulled away, thanks to Liam Squires getting yellow carded for a no arms tackle. Um, the Brumbies comfortably beat the Sharks in good all round performance from good the to see from, an the, team from the Brumbies, and the Brum- Brumbies have got an interesting mix because they've got. They've got some talented boys. They've got a few young lads. Is that the Argentine scrum off? Uh, Cubelli? No, I don't think so. He wasn't. He wasn't playing. But the young scrum off, Joe Powell, yeah. scored a very nice try. He played really well, and he's he's got a really nice combination of um, this young Aussie scrum half with his kind of flowing golden locks, and mm. the elder statesman, the captain of the team, and inspirational player, Christian Leilofano. Who's playing really? He's back playing really, really well, and God, he's—I mean, he was never a big boy originally. He's obviously lost a load of weight. He, he's, but he still puts his body on the line. No, is he playing defense. ten for them? Yeah, yeah. I always think of him more as a twelve who can play ten. No, he, he's played quite a bit of ten because when he came to Ulster, he, he was having to play ten. No, this is why you like him. Uh, he, there's a lot of things to like about the man. Mm. He, he played really, really well. Um. Their number eight, so they'll be travelling to the Jaguares. Their number eight, Pete Samu, who scored two tries. Oh, he's, got, he's out, isn't he? He looks like he's out with a hamstring strain. So that's bad for the Brumbies, good for the Jaguares. Good for us. Well, good for me. Uh, and then the final game of the weekend, or it wasn't uh, chronologically the final game of the weekend, probably it was higher scoring, it was exciting. It was a bit nervy if you were a Hurricanes fan. It was 35-28 to the Hurricanes against the Bulls. And this was a game that the Hurricanes should have comfortably won because they had so much in attack, but kept on making silly mistakes, defensive errors, a couple of brilliant tries by Cornell, Cornell Hendricks, mm-hmm. the Bulls winger, who, God, he looks, he does not look like he's going to be as fast and athletic as he is. He's got this chubby, rotund face and rotund belly. Huh. He's so quick and so powerful. He scored a couple of great tries, but... Seven points down in the 81st minute, he dropped it on the 22 with an opportunity to score, Shocker. which if it was converted would have levelled the game. So thankfully he didn't. But the, the Hurricanes now go to the Crusaders and Mwunga, Richard Mwunga, 
for the Crusaders. He scored two tries himself. Uh, he's playing. He's playing so some brilliant. Jaguars are now officially the best team in Africa, which is quite something. Correct. Yeah, that's impressive. I would not have predicted that a few years <laughs> no, ago. I don't think I would. And the, the Brumbies boys, so they finished their game on Saturday night Australian time. They then, I think, the following morning, the Sunday morning, they got a coach from Canberra to Sydney. Mm-hmm. Jumped on a flight from Sydney to Auckland, and then a flight from Auckland to B- Buenos Aires, which was had they lost that game, none of that would have happened. So they had to, they'd had it all planned, but basically finished the game. Twelve hours later, they are starting what would be a twenty-four hour best part of twenty-four hour journey. The, the travelling in that league is just something else, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 are those semi-finals this weekend? This weekend, yeah, cool. Two good semi-finals and. If my beloved Hurricanes beat the Crusaders in Christchurch, then Jaguares get a home semi-final. Uh, sorry, a home final. Wow. Now, do we know anything about Jaguares outside of how good they are this, this year? I.e., are the crowds growing? Are they are they getting people through the door? It was a good crowd this weekend. I can't say for all games, because they, they sh- spread it around a little bit. They go to Salter and Rosie, uh, Rosario. Rosario. Mm. Buenos Aires, it, it looked, looked a great atmosphere when they won. And actually, uh, Super Rugby crowds have been all right in a lot of cases. And um, I saw a thing about the average home. I saw a list of average home attendances, and they were a lot better than you think. The Brumbies, the top the, like four, were all English teams, like out English. of the whole world club rugby. Oh right, okay. Oh, right, okay. And and, uh, and there were Australian teams that were above Munster. Really? Yeah. Well, Munster don't even sell out their stadium for a bloody semi-final. Exactly, so. I'm saying this. It's, yeah. It was surprising. The top four or five were all English. Oh, crazy! Well, the, the English average um, attendance is always boosted because you have like the clash and yeah, yeah. big game eight, yeah, uh, that kind of thing, a couple of times a year. Big game ten or eleven. Yeah, big whatever. game eight was the best one. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that that'll was... lead on to our next talk, talking point. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was the hashtag. Oh, crikey, we've got Heineken Cup groups. No, oh. that wasn't that wasn't the hashtag, but I can't remember what it was. No, it was something like uh, it was something like explosive picks, or like yeah. it was it was it wasn't that, but it was something like if you can remember like, what the funny hashtag was that Premier Rugby had big big tackle picks, something or, like uh, that, or <laughs> oh, it was or it was oh, I can't remember what it was. Yeah, hot streak. I don't, I don't know. know what it was. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, Heineken Paul. Pool draws, yeah, you can have a look at that. Yeah, Heineken pool draws. Um, don't, don't, have we got eight? That's not, well, we not, not going to no, be any games exciting. till like yeah, November. Sale, I say what Sale have got a good group. It, it could have been a lot worse for Sale. Yeah. Could have been a lot well, worse. Yeah, Benetton have got not bad group as well. Yeah, so, Benetton um, could could potentially finish second. One of that. our listeners came. I, I'm going to have to find the name to try oh, and credit yeah. it, but they came up with the Saracens pool as the name, the pool of uh, the pool of debt. Debt, yeah. yeah. Very, very good. Very good. Well that, I mean, that is a brutal pool for Ospreys. Saracens, Munster, Racing 92, and the poor old Ospreys. Ospreys are probably wishing they weren't in existence. But that, <laughs> right, right if you didn't have jobs, you wouldn't have to do this. <laughs> but uh, that, that's brutal because only one team's getting out of that pool. Yeah. Well, uh, There's so no way two, two teams are getting out of that. Here's my take on the Heineken Cup now. Um, there are no weak pools anymore. Fact no. The best you can hope for is a pool so good that they all beat each other. That is the only way that the only way you get even a slight reprieve chance, and you pick up an extra bonus point yeah. here and an it's extra the only bonus way point that there. You progress in the handling cup now. It is an absolute monster of 
of a competition. And all those changes which I had to fight for to make it more competitive have been worth ev- ev- every inch. Who do you reckon's happiest? I reckon probably Leinster. Yeah. With Leon, Northampton and Benetton. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, as they are now. I mean, Benetton, I think, have been to Dublin twice and, and beaten them. FYI. Um, and certainly, Benetton have beaten them at home. I expect them to do exactly exactly the well, same. in the. And FYI, Richard Wigglesworth is massive on Love Island, tweets about it all the time, <laughs> and he's just tweeted... Don't, don't, don't ruin oh, it. No, no. Spoiler He's alert. just tweeted cap, capital letters, rate this, and then four crying with laughter emojis. So it's obviously, there's something good going on, so we should, we should get we should wrap it right. up. Okay. So you can go and watch it, Jay. Have I ever told the story about my dear friend, Steve Elliott? Um, <laughs> he once told us not to ruin the end of, um, was it, <laughs> Ross Kemp in Afghanistan. <laughs> <laughs> don't spoil the ending. <laughs> Watch uh, Ross Kemp. He dies, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell me the end. Like, what do you think's gonna happen? So uh, come on, but... then. Let's let's bloody talk about Izzy Falau. Oh, the elephant in the room. So Izzy Falau has. Um... Why are we gonna talk about Izzy Falau more than the Heineken Cup groups? Go on. Let's... Well, because we, the Heineken lo- Cups in November. Yeah, and hopefully in a few weeks we'll never have to talk about Izzy again, and then we can talk about oh, yeah, Heineken Cup. Happen. I know it's not gonna happen. Another week, well, another, well, I'd another love new to talk story. About him as a rugby player, oh, but, one of the best, one of the best ever. But I don't like talking about him in this current uh, context because it's Ooh, just an ugly scourge for rugby in general. So, so uh, yeah, Israel, Israel Falau, um, as we know, he's suing Rugby Australia for on on, for, on the basis of uh, wrongful dismissal. Yeah, a legal uh, yeah case. As as we talked about before, the development is uh, he's sought legal funds for this uh, suing of Rugby Australia, um, and he's doing all right in the in the first five days. He's got about eight hundred thousand Australian dollars of the three million that he's after. Yeah, from over. What are you giggling about? Uh, it's nothing it's, to do with what we're talking it's about. Definitely is it? not. Cause this is, is, this is. JB is so focused right now. It is. So. Well, you got to share it. Come on. Now, I'm looking for an article which I read today about um, Israel Falau, but it, you know, it makes me laugh. Um, no, you carry on, Tim. You carry no, no, on. no, I was just explaining what had happened. Go on. Yeah. So, um, it's making me laugh because people are so entrenched in what they believe that when you tell them someone might believe something else, they are astounded. They are gobsmacked. They don't know how to handle it. They stop frothing at the mouth and tweeting and they can't control their thumbs. You know, it's it's game over. And that's basically what's happened. I mean... They cannot, and I say they, the people who are attacking Israel Falau relentlessly and viciously, um, they are, <laughs> they can't believe that people have gone and donated money to to to, to Israel Falau. And I was reading a story uh, from uh, some hack, and I, I call him a hack um, in the worst possible way. He was writing about it, and he was saying, "Oh, it must be the Christian lobby." Um, you know, and they're very powerful. I, no, no, eight thousand people feel strongly enough to give their money to T- Israel. Ten thousand now, 10, oh, just shy of ten thousand. Ten thousand. There's ten thousand nasty, horrible bigots. Yeah. And uh, you know, yeah, who do you think that these, that these people are? Like rich oil barons that you know are evangelical Christians and preachers? No, they're not. They're normal people who agree with his agree with Israel. For a lot. They might not even agree with. What no, he no, says. no, they don't. No, no, no. This is it. They, yeah. I bet. I bet a lot of them don't agree do, with Israel. But, you know. Don't agree with Israel. Falau. Uh, or, or they may they may agree with the people on the other side that he expressed his beliefs in a cl- really clumsy, silly way. So, 
the reason I call this behaviour hackish by this journalist, and I, I wish I could remember his name, um, is he then goes into details of, like, well, Israel Folau's contract was worth millions. According, this is the best one, according to reports, he owns a Lamborghini. You're a fucking journalist, mate. If he owns a Lamborghini, go and find out. Don't say, according to reports, he owns a Lamborghini. According to reports, this journalist beats his wife. What reports? You know, he either does or he doesn't. And then they start talking about his property portfolio. How dare, how dare a, a, <coughs> young, a, a young sports star have a property portfolio? As if, what, is this a liquid asset that they can immediately liquidate and then go and pay, pay his legal fees? By the way, I think Israel Falau should forget about rugby and be given a job as head of the World Bank because he managed to make his property portfolio increase. I noticed over, in the space of a few days, he made it, managed to increase it from 5.6 million Australian dollars to 10.5, I read today. Um, like, in, in a few doubled. days, he's almost nearly doubled, doubled his property portfolio. Israel has got a Lamborghini, a £500,000 Lamborghini, according to reports. I mean, that's more than half his year's earnings. Actually, he either does or he doesn't. But the way that they're reporting it, and now they're, you know, his wife, I mean, his wife plays netball for... Um, New Zealand. Is it New Zealand or is it Thunderbirds? Who are they? Uh, she, she might play for a club team. She plays no, no, internationally I, for New okay. Zealand. Doesn't matter, but she, play, but, she, but she plays netball. And her loyalty primarily should be to her... Well, it shouldn't, be, shouldn't have to be, but it is to her husband. And you completely understand that. And she shared a link. So these uh, and, the, and the same people will be going... Uh, Chris Ashton, what a, what a lovely thing he did for his wife, which, which we agree, which we said earlier we agree with. Yeah, so, so yes, uh, sometimes your family so, comes first. Yeah, and so now well, no, a lot of the time your family always your family comes first. They are contacting her netball federation, asking, oh, will any any discipline be uh, uh, be taken against him? I don't know what these people want. I think they just want him to suffer. Over, they want him. To, they don't want to be proven right. They want him to suffer, and they want him ritually humiliated. Um, it, it's it's absolutely awful. So uh, yeah, that's. That's basically the world for Israel Flau. Oh, and that, that's the other thing. Since when did it become a reasonable defence to say to list everyone's assets and say, "Oh, well, you've got enough money, mate," so therefore, you know, there's there's something really unsavoury. Envy. Yeah. Like, oh, well, you've got enough money. Envy. And if if you give to this just giving page, there are some absolute cowards out there who go fund me. But yeah, who, yeah, sorry. Um, who are tweeting? That's right. We want because we should get that clear because the people who want to go and lobby go go fund me to take to take yeah, his thing down. Thing. You need to make sure you don't go to uh, to just, uh, giving. just giving. <laughs> no, no. If you're going to lobby to take it down, go to just giving. Leave GoFundMe alone. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Apparently, because there's starving children out in the world, and you've decided to give money to Israel Falau. That's the are, ridiculous. You are now yeah. a bad person. I, I'm. That was ridiculous. Well, judging by this logic, everything should be measured by the standard of starving children. So, you know, every time I go buy a packet of crisps, maybe I should have given that to starving children. Yeah, every yeah. time you right. walk through the turnstile of a rugby union game and pay your money. That's oh, 20 quid for watching rugby yeah. when there's starving children. Exactly. Yeah. I, I read a very good book called uh, Against Empathy by Paul Bloom, the friend of the pod, CJ, bought me a while ago. And he, one of the kind of chapters points out the hypocrisy of that type of... Uh, statement where if if you really believe that is the highest priority why are you doing anything else why yeah. are you not devoting all of your time to generating money and Which, giving it and it to, comes yeah. and it comes back to it and I, I tweeted something out similar and i just want to make the point because there'll be there'll be some people that'll be listening to this thinking oh well, tim and jb and and maybe uh, uh, think israel falau was right to post that social media post no two things can be true at once yeah uh, you, you can have a principal stance on one thing and a principal stance on another which are slightly incongruent at times or or different that is possible um what we're seeing and i think there are i i actually think genuinely and this might be arrogance on my part and i'll take that 
I actually think more, far more people think the way I do than think the way these very noisy minority on Twitter think. But you wouldn't know that because people like me are scared to actually say anything from the prescripted. This is that. This is the only truth. He's an Israel Falau is an evil man who should never ever be allowed to do anything again. There's Full one stop. Last thing, there's one last thing to this, which again really annoys me, is the idea that because he's earned money, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, people do not understand, and specifically if you're a sports fan, you need to educate yourself a bit about this. Um, when you have a job like a rugby player, your cash flow is important. Everyone's cash flow is important. Just because you get paid more than someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have more money. You have more, you might have more outgoings. Um, and generally speaking, sorry to interrupt, generally speaking, when you earn more, and this is any job, this isn't just yeah. rugby players, when you earn more, your outgoings raise... Exactly right. You get a much bigger mortgage because you buy a bigger house. He's had a, a, a million quid and now he can't afford... You know, it's important. He was in a three-year contract. He probably has financial commitments which run along those uh, along those three years. If you cut off anyone's uh, source of income or even reduce it, it is incredibly, incredibly difficult to um, to... Continue to, li- to live to standards, or even meet your well, even meet your financial well, liabilities. Do I know, don't understand it. No, I don't. Uh, you're, no you're right, but this money. is notwithstanding. At the moment, we do not know, and this is the point: we do not know if he has been wrongfully dismissed. And if he has been wrongfully dismissed, well, what pro- what problem would anyone have with him getting what he legally, <laughs> in the eyes of the law, yeah. deserves? And we don't know how that's going to be. I, yeah, no. I, I, I think the envy. And, and the way people on Twitter... Uh, again, I just every time we talk about this, I say, go and read Ugo Monu's piece in The Guardian. He's a devoutly uh, religious person. And uh, in terms of values and the way he treats people, he's he's a, a brilliant human being. Mm-hmm. And that, and his Christianity is a humongous part of that. And some of the best people, some of the best people I know are religious people. Yeah. He tried to steal Johnny Sexton off his suit. So um, I'm not forgiving him for that. <laughs> um, so read Ugo Monier's Guardian piece because it shows that there is nuance here, nuance which a lot of people on Twitter don't want to acknowledge. And if you if you stray from the prescripted uh, opinion, which is just... Oh, and by the way, how have we got to a situation where every every rugby writer, every commentator has the same identical, boring, dull view which they got from someone else? Because that's basically where we are now. Yeah. So I'll say one other thing that's worth checking out um, as a balanced nuanced position so Nick Heath who did quite a vocal um, vlog video video blog did it really well a little while ago so he was on uh, it's it's not often I recommend other podcasts Mm. and it's definitely not often I recommend other Christian radio podcasts (laughs) but Nick Nick Heath went on to Christian radio good for him uh, and had a, a very frank and open debate about why he as a member of the LGBT community um has issues with what Israel Flowers done is a really interesting and nuanced over about forty minute debate on the the rights and wrongs of the topic yeah, that, that adds a lot more it adds a lot more yeah. context yeah. than yeah. his obviously initial two minute clearly wrong. position. It's obviously clearly wrong. Of course. Uh, you know, uh, but you know if and, uh, Israel Falau thinks people with learning difficulties and stutters should go to hell, so be it. I d- so be it. Like well, it's that it's that classic phrase I will come back to again and again, and this is very different because people always go come back to the contract. It's very different from the contract. I understand that, and if if Rugby Australia have legally dismissed him and that's what they want to do, they can do what they want. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I haven't got a problem with that. Um, if if they're legally allowed to, if they if they haven't acted legally on the basis of the Fair Work Act with Australia, then Israel Flau deserves everything he can get. But and it's but overall it's sad. But um, uh, yeah, the, the, yeah, the the hundred percent 
is nuance here. There is. There is. And it, so I'm I'm not a full out supporter in this instance, but I, I hate some of the stances that some people take. But I, the reason why I'm I'm not particularly on Falau's side is because I, I just feel he's brought it on himself. Oh, because because he had he had he had full knowledge of the consequences of what would have happened if he did that. And so I I, I struggled struggled to find sympathy with him. And and also that um the plea video was one of the cheesiest things I've ever seen with him playing. I've not seen it. Have he's, you not actually watched he's it? A, he's a great performer on the rugby oh. pitch, not not on uh, not on camera. He's not an actor. He's not a deliverer of great material. And it's, there's this like cheesy, sad. It's like a, an X Factor backing piano music. You know when they have a sad story on <laughs> X Factor or Britain's Got Talent or on Love Island. <laughs> and like, actually, nothing tragic happened, but they play the music anyway. Exactly but, that kind of stuff playing yeah, in the background. It was pretty bad. Or, or on the GoFundMe thing, which is the latest. I mean, there was one thing we didn't even talk about before, where the way that he was reported in the papers and what they, what he said versus what they said he said last week was outrageous. When he did a sermon in church, in, oh, wi- yeah, yeah. in which he said it was reported that he's targeting transgender children. Yeah, I saw the headlines. <laughs> it was awful because what he actually said was, and whether you agree with it or disagree, what he said was um, parents aren't allowed to make that decision for their minor children, so their children 16 and under. The government can overrule parents, and that's wrong. Do you know what? That's all he said, and I actually agree with that. No, no. I'm not saying a word about it. Um, <laughs> it yeah. You... So, or, or just, right. what, what, whichever way you look at it, Israel Falau's um, in, in, initial thing to spark all this off and his, and his posts over the last couple of years, which are, uh, are unedifying, wrong, insensitive, clumsy. Yeah, stu- just stupid. Stupid. Post, isn't it? Stu- so stupid. stupid. They're wrong. The way people are responding is, but a lot of people think that they're responding in a very virtuous way, they're being so unkind and nasty, and it's really unedifying as well. That that is one of the the phrases that came up in the, that podcast is the the intolerance of tolerance in the Nick Heath Christian Radio podcast. If you, if you want to listen to it, How it, on it earth did he find that? So he he tweeted it out. I'd love to listen to that. It, it's right. it's worth listening to. If you, if you follow a link on Nick Heath's Twitter, it is worth listening to to get. It's it's too interesting and knowledgeable perspectives on the whole thing i just wish we could like actually you take away the 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 sort of strict religious scripture i wish people could be a little bit more christian Mm. ironically enough in in the way christian values yeah yeah, yeah. deal with it the fundamental christian values Uh, why do i feel we've missed a big rugby story Hmm. oh oh the pro 14 groups 14 groups Uh, brutal groups for your benetton not a bad group for my beloved Ulster. Well, you'll be, I think you'll just be relieved not to have to play us again. <laughs> Until the final. <laughs> Could get it. Yeah, it's unlikely that we'll get each other in the knockouts. Because yeah. if anything happens, we'll, we'll both be finishing third. I really enjoyed Ravenhill. And it'd be a tremendous opportunity to go and watch Benetton at, Rave, at Ravenhill. Well, it will, hap- it will happen one cheap, way around. Guys. Talk is cheap. You keep, yeah. you keep saying this. Talk. No, no, we went to watch Harlequins there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. But so we've, not been to watch, we've not been to watch Benetton yet. No, and apparently, according to... Who told me this? I'm going to name drop someone, though. Let's head to Treviso. Um, the guy who should have played for the Lions, second row. Uh, should have played for the Lions. Yeah. You'll, you'll know as soon as I say it. He plays for Glasgow. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Toulis? No. 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 I don't remember his name. Um, Townsend. No. No. 
JB said he was, he was um, Swinson, Swinners. Swinson. Tim Swinson. <laughs> Absolutely robbed of his Lions. Was it four minor matches in a row or three in a row or something like that? <laughs> Didn't even get a look in. But uh, big Tim Swinson, uh, when I was in Glasgow, we'll have a little chat to him. He's like, it was a lovely town. He went there as a, like, a travelling reserve or something. I just say, if we do oh, go... Oh, you've been there, haven't you? No, I haven't been there. And if we do go there, uh, it's... It's, it's fortunate my missus, hopefully your wives, are equally terrible at geography and don't realise how close Treviso is to Venice. Venice. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that on the low down. Cause, well, I uh, on a, got on a train to go to, I think it was Milan, from Verona. Got on the wrong train, ended up in Venice, which is obviously the other side of the country. Um, missed my flight, got, had to get off the train, got fined for being on the wrong train with the, with the wrong ticket. Rebought my ticket, went from Venice. It's like going from Manchester to Glasgow rather than Manchester to London, then getting back on the train in Glasgow and then going to London. It was a grim old afternoon. And that's why you always travel with me. That's exactly why I travel with (laughs) Phil. And just think if we do go to it, how good would a Negroni taste in the old country? Oh, perfect. Negroni would taste disgusting. And that's (laughs) that's where we should leave it because um, there was an amazing video tweeted to us at Rugby Podcast of... Uh, uh, but it's, it's, it's like it's a, Negronis have become the punishment on a stag do. It's an amazing video. It's so funny. If you want to know, I laughed out loud. Yeah, that. I, I laughed out loud. <laughs> Negroni on tour from Harry G at the underscore justice eighty six. Go go to at Ruby Podcast. It's uh, second top on our feed at the moment. It's such a funny video. Um, can I just add one more thing? Not rugby related, but you know, kind of like in any other business thing, which a lot of other pods do, which I thought I might, I might add. Me and Phil were included into a thread, to, thread this week, which is literally the funniest thread I've ever read on Reddit of old people <laughs> not being able to use social media properly. Now, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to tell you what's on there because I wouldn't do it justice. Yeah. If you can find old people on Facebook thread uh, on, on Reddit, it's it literally had me crying. Yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant. Um, any any other business, Phil? No, that's enough for me. I'll let you boys go and watch Love Island. Well, you're not watching it. <laughs> no. Awesome. I just asked some wiggy then, Jay. Right. Okay then. Well, all right. Uh, so rugby at rugby podcast uh, on Twitter pinned at the top there is the link and all the details for our live podcast we really hope to see you there we're we're absolutely buzzing by the number of people that are on board we hope you're going to want to come and join us uh, let the boys play let the boys play hold up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 